Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys, and welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I'm your host, Khalifa. Today, we are going to be speaking to a wonderful lady called Ali Elston. She's a certified life coach and has her own blog called Le Life Vine. Ali is extremely passionate about helping women feel in control and empowered in their day-to-day lives, no matter what is thrown at them. Ali assists mothers especially by creating a calm and structured environment through routine, questioning self-belief and the ideals that have been imposed on them. If you are going through a divorce or separation, juggling motherhood with a career, trying to find time for yourself or just feel like you are lost, Ali can help. She is also a single mother of four so i don't know how she's doing all of this as well as being a transformational coach she is super super woman ali thank you so much for coming on the happy single mums podcast um yeah good morning thank you khalifa for having me on um so i am now 43 which is a bit scary um oh sorry and um i am a single mother of four so i became a single mother um it was about six years ago that um, my marriage ended. Um, at the time, the older girls were five and seven, and my uh, twins were just over one. Um, it was quite a difficult time. Um, it was quite an emotional kind of roller coaster um, when it first happened. And um, I think nothing really can prepare you for that moment when you kind of there's a realization that your marriage might be be over or you might be separating and you're becoming a um a single parent um i felt very much like everything out was out of my control um there was a lot of emotions that i was trying to deal with um as well as kind of working out how i was going to parent um four children and how my life was going to look it's almost like i think even if you choose to separate from that person and you make that choice um it's still very much like grief you're losing the life that you thought you were going to have and um so as i said even if it's you that have done it or someone else has done it to you or even if it's a mutual decision um you are you know there's so many emotions that that are involved in that and there's a lot of guilt there's a lot of shame i'm still attached to it um which is one of the things that i am trying to to i suppose dispel that myth and get more more and more people talking about it um because there's nothing to be ashamed of so anyway since then um my sort of journey to where i am now um i think that um yeah i've very much grown as a person and even though things are very difficult being a single parent, actually there's some really, really amazing positive things about it. Um, so yeah. How did your children find the, like, the transitional period from mum and dad being together? Because you've got four kids that have to explain that to, and as well as you going through that grief period. How, how was it? How was that transition for you? It was really tricky, I have to say. I think with the twins, because they were one, they didn't know any different. So they have no memory of me and my ex-husband being together. So 
So actually, it kind of is okay for them. That's how it's always been. I've always lived here. They've always lived with me most of the time. And Daddy's lived elsewhere with his, you know, um, girlfriend. And so for them, it's very normal. Um, for the older girls, it was tricky. Um, I think, especially my eldest, who was seven at the time, um, it was very, very difficult for them to understand. I've always been very honest with them. Um, I mean, not to the point that, you know, to be nasty, but I've always been honest with them about the situation. And I think as they've grown up, there's more sort of realization of, of what actually happened. Um, but I think as long as you can get to a stage where you are really investing in yourself and you've kind of come to the point where you can kind of accept what's happened and you create, you know, they're very stable children now. They have routine, they have structure, they have a great, um, I have a great support network. So we have family, we have friends. And, um, you know, now they're just normal, you know, teenagers, you know, they're, they're going through rollercoaster emotions because they're teenagers, you know, 11 and, and 13. Um, and I think it, it was really tricky for them, but it can be okay, yeah. you know? They're very healthy and they're very happy and it can be okay. That's awesome. So what like, advice would you give to someone that is seeking a divorce right now? Because you do provide um, support for people, don't you? Um, so I've got, I have um, five top tips, I suppose, for when you're in a situation of um, you're going through a divorce. Um, I think the first one really is to talk to as many people as you can, to not feel ashamed. Um, talking, because then you can connect with people, you can share. Um, someone might be going through the same situation, and I don't know if for you, but for me certainly, my single friends who understand that sense of loss, who understand the pressure and the how being a single parent can be ridiculously overwhelming emotionally physically mentally everything um you know it's bloody hard work it's i mean i don't want to swear but you know sometimes it is like ah yeah. um you know just and more as they grow up the emotional side of it mm -hmm. so you know holding the space so i think the more people you can talk to the less ashamed you feel the more connection you feel um the advice you get, I mean, there is a thing about advice where I'd say, um, make sure you're taking advice from people that care about you, that know about you, that understand you, because um, advice can be difficult in those kind of early days. But so talk to people, um, create your support network, concentrate on things that you can control, you know, having, um, having a partner when my, my ex-husband first left, you know, our, um, the amount of times he would have the kids and I had the kids differed a lot and he would let me down. And when you're already in a situation where you can't control things and then you get let down, you get triggered a lot, things spiral out of control. Um, so I say create a support network, get a good babysitter, um, call on family and friends. You will be able to repay the favor. So, you know, that support network and getting people to understand you is really, really important. Um, don't bury your head in the sand. Uh, know your rights. So 
go and see a really good solicitor. Even if you're separating and you're, you're not even married, um, you know, get legal advice and you can get free, free legal advice as well. Um, I think that's really, really important. Yeah. The more you know, the more in control you feel, the more you know, powerful you feel, the more empowered you feel. Um, and then also, I know we'll, we'll touch on it later, but your mental health, you know, if you need to go and see a counsellor, if you need to go to your doctor, do that. Again, don't be ashamed because there's so much going on. You know, your mental health will be really, really tried at this point. Um, and going on from the mental health, my, one of my big things with routine, um, I'm big on routine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, people really, I mean, my friends, take the mick out of me a lot um but um i plan a lot i have to have a routine yeah. <clears throat> again it's a sense of control the kids know where they stand we have rules and um, we have you know bedtimes that that are kind of you know there's a sense of routine to that and um so i would say that and and, and even on a weekend i think in the very early days for me <clears throat> the the weekends are the worst because at least you have a bit of structure um, during the week. Yeah. And then you get to the routine, you get to the weekend and you're like, oh God, there's no school. There's no, you know, what, what am I going to do? It kind of, and you have this idea that everyone's going to sleep in, you just have really lazy days, you know, and it, and it kind of doesn't necessarily, you know, for me, it didn't really necessarily work like that. So I think as a single parent, when you do have the kids, it's good to kind of plan things and, and have those, those, um, so do you, that routine. Do you ever get time for yourself? I know you said that the, 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 the dad takes them some, sometimes, do you, but do you often find that when, because I, I was guilty of it in the past where my son would go away and I would spend it doing housework and before I knew it, they were back. So I never took time for, I know a lot of people are <coughs> with self-care, but oftentimes as mums, we end up doing the ironing, have one glass of wine and before you know it, the kids are back, then mum, I'm hungry. You know, so how do you ever take time for yourself? And what advice would you give um, a mom to have self-care and not carry that kind of guilt as well if you want to do something for yourself? I think again that that takes time. Um, but now for me, um, if I'm not right, they're not all right. So I probably have become a bit selfish. Um, but I don't see it as being selfish. You know, I need to be on top of things so if i need to clean when they're here i clean when they're here you know I, if i need to um get um a babysitter to go out or get a friend to go out i go out you know they they are used to that now and i think that has taken time and um i, I mean that's one of the things that i really really with my coaching and the life fine is you need to look after yourself you need to you know, make yourself a priority and, um, and your kids will be fine. They will get used to things. They will get, um, you know, my kids from very, very early on, we used to, um, you know, friends babysitting. And when they, when they did go to their dads, even if they, I mean, they do have a very good relationship with him now and it's good, but they don't, you know, they're with him every other Saturday night and Sunday. So it's not, a and then a couple of, um weeks um in the holiday and then the twin any the twins kind of do do one night a week but you know i was very adamant that when they were going to him they were going to him there was no there was no excuse you know because sometimes they didn't want to go because their their life is here and you know especially the older girls now as they're socializing 
their life is here. Um, but I was always very adamant that no, and, and my ex and I kind of agreed that, that that's the way it would be. Um, but going back to self-care, yeah, you, I, I don't know at what point I kind of realized this, but it was probably pretty early on that I, that I really needed to, to um, make time for myself. Um, yeah, and they will be okay. And I think actually the luxury of having them the amount of time that I do means that I don't feel guilty about it. You know, I don't kind of, because they are with me so much and things are settled now, I, I no longer have that kind of guilt. Um, awesome. Tell me, how did you actually become a transformational coach and a motivational speaker? So um, I, so when everything kind of fell apart, as it were, six years ago, um, I spent a lot of time at home and um, I started to read and I've never really read before. I'm dyslexic and I didn't really do very well in school. Um, and I, but at the time I couldn't watch anything on television because it kind of triggered a lot of things. So I, I kind of, I found this first book. Um, I don't know if I've got it with me, but I found a first book um, called Runaway Husbands. And as soon as I found it, I was like, it was just this woman, basically, you know, once you once some once something's happened to someone else, it's happened to you and you can relate to that. You're like, oh my God, I'm not going mad. Yeah. There's other people this has happened to. And, and that first book then triggered onto another book. Then yeah. I wanted to know about um, personality disorders. I wanted to know about trauma. I wanted to know about mindfulness. I wanted to know about mental health. So I just started reading loads and loads and loads and loads. And then I... Um, started working for a mental health company and then I was like I want to do something with this I want to do something because I think in the very early days I just wanted someone to go do you know what it will be okay yeah. you know the reason I talked to so many people is because I wanted to go oh god that happened to my friend you know 10 years ago fucking look at her now you yeah. know she has done this 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 and this and um and so then I was like okay well I'm going to become a coach because that's I can use my knowledge I can help other people and um yeah and that's where it started and I, I kind of I did my course two years ago and then I set up the the lifeline which is a community to help women to empower women to <clears throat> help build confidence to you know because even if you haven't been through something like this even when you're juggling motherhood relationship kids <clears throat> sorry there is so much that we lose as a per as a person, yeah. even being pregnant. You know. Yeah, you do. Just you lose yourself in pregnancy as well. It's yeah. all about it's all about the child. And I remember when um, when I had my child, um, I, uh, and people were coming to the house after because we am Nigerian and we do something called a naming ceremony. So seven days after you have your child, all the friends and family come and you actually present the name of the child. And um, a lot of people bought the baby a gift, but then one particular person bought me a gift, and I was like oh my god you know i'm at this this something has happened to me as well so when you just recognize that you have your kids but you're also a person and i also read a study that especially with men they feel left out after a woman has a child they kind of get a sense of jealousy because it's not about them you know so yeah it's just it was amazing to to recount that yeah uh, I, I do think i think there's a lot that we still have to learn about giving birth and relationships and how you keep that that kind of going and how you and um and how i don't know again as women i think 
in the during that time and maybe it's an age thing whereas I think now I'd probably be a lot better at being pregnant than I was back then because um you know you give birth and and um and then suddenly you're supposed to be doing all this stuff and your body is all over the place and you know there's so there's so many things um so yeah so the, sorry the so the life line is basically I just want to you know for women to kind of get back where they were yeah and to, the lifeline isn't it yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah sorry I've forgotten what my train of thought <laughs> yeah so you've got a blog called the lifeline um and on on there um you said that you help people move forward um so if someone was to present their issues with you like I'm a single mom I hate my job and um, I'm in debt how then do you help them because i know obviously it must be it's a it's a it's a mindset and you, you you talk a lot about mindset in your um post my mindset has really changed over this last um over this kind of this journey that i've been on and i think um i think probably i was a bit of a victim before i think probably i was a bit of a um kind of thought that my happiness had to be through something else or someone else um you know, I mean, I, I think that at school I was very much like, oh, well, I can't do this because of this. I can't, and I, I never had that kind of mindset of actually, if I just keep going, if I just keep trying, if I don't give up, then I will get there eventually. And I need to make me happy. It's all about me. No one is coming to save me. No one. And I don't want anyone to save me. You know, that kind of thought of, of this kind of knight in shining armor coming along going, oh, I'm gonna take all of you up and I'm gonna pay for everything. And we're gonna have, I'm like, oh my God, no, like get out of my space. I don't want it anymore, you know? And I think it is really hard. Um, and I would say if someone's in a job that they don't like, and if someone's in a lot of debt, you have to kind of go, right, I'm in a lot of debt. I'm in a job that I don't like. I'm going to have to keep the job because I'm in a lot of debt, but what can I do in my situation to make it okay? Am I looking after myself enough? Do I need to get up earlier in the morning? Do I need to start a course? What do I do? Let's look at a five-year plan because nothing's going to change overnight, you know, and I'm not going to be one of these people that goes, oh, um, you know, take out another 10 grand loan and you know do 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 another business or something i don't know i'm not that sort of person i'm very kind of i suppose i'm a risk taker to a certain extent but not i kind of things are gradual they take time you need to build it up nothing happens overnight um have dreams absolutely have dreams but um and have massive dreams but i think you need to kind of go with the little steps and then build yourself up um, I think a lot of it is about mindfulness as well. I know I go on about it a lot, but um, embracing the little things like a cup of coffee on your own, yeah. running. Um, I'm quite into exercise. You know, I'm not the fittest person in the world. I'm not the slimmest person in the world, but I am. I exercise a lot for my mental health. So I think it's really about what can I control. What is it that I can do? Stop blaming other people. We, you know, everyone has their, and you know, some people are in really, really, really shitty situations. Like, don't get me wrong, but I think there's always something you can do yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. I saw on, on your blog post, one of your mantras is, um, there is nothing stronger than a broken woman who has rebuilt herself. Tell me a little bit about that and why that's so important to you. Um, I can't remember when I first heard that, but I think it was, um, I think it was probably at the time where I kind of hit rock, rock, rock bottom. And when that kind of, for me, was that realization where um, I'm going to have to do it on my own and my marriage really is over. And it was, there's another one that I love, which is um, the, defi the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again and getting the same result. And, and at the time I was constantly trying to claw back um, just little bits and um and then at some point i was just like this is not going to work you know it's not going to work i need to really really build up again this is not going to define me so i think as a woman if you really do get to that bit where you've lost you feel like you've lost everything and um you know i think as women we want to learn we want to grow we want to i i don't know so i just kind of when i read it i was like actually nothing you know I was at the point where I was like I, the, the, the thought of taking the four children out to the park was a nightmare you know I had like one child going out one child one there another one there you know the day-to-day -day routine of getting them back from school and getting them in the bath getting them to bed the babies are waking up during the night I was knackered um you know that emotional physical the thought of, my God, I'm never going to go on holiday with the children again. I'm never going to have a Christmas again, you know, as in it's, it's going to be me. That, the nuclear family, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to find someone who's going to come in and save me. Um, and I think at that point I was like, do you know what? This isn't, this isn't how I want my life to be. Yeah. Um, so I've got to do everything I can to understand what's happened, to build myself up again. And, um, and at that point I was like, you know, we'll, we'll get on with it and we'll do it. So I, do, I just think as women, we want to learn from experiences. We want to grow from experiences and we're not scared of kind of putting ourselves out there. Mm. Um, so um, yeah, I, you know, that quote just really resonated with me. Awesome. And we've touched upon it already, but um, I wanted to find out from you, why is mental health awareness so important when you're going through a divorce? Um, I think especially at that point where you feel like with a divorce process um, it's time consuming, it's expensive, it is, um, there's a lot of things that you can't control um, and you probably, probably will be getting triggered a lot by things, so angry quite easily, you might be tired um, and I think if you can be more aware of how you're reacting to situations and be more in, not more in control, I don't like that kind of phrase, but have things that will, will allow you to get rid of that stress, will allow you to kind of realise what you can control, um, you know, and I think, again, it's that, that sort of shame thing and, and everything, if you can kind of come over that and just be aware of the fact of how much it will affect you. And, and also, and at, at any point, um, you know, when you're, when you're kind of losing things, um, your mental health really will be, really will be tested. So yeah, I think if you can, if you can 
be aware of that and find things that help. That's the most important thing. What would you say are the biggest mistakes people make when um, they're getting a divorce? I think it's more the biggest myth that people think about a divorce. So I think once it's happened, it's such a long process and you know, you're either way, you're either very sad about it or you're very happy about it or you're kind of a bit numb to it, which I think a lot of people are. Um, you still have to deal with that person. So the biggest myth is that, you know, you have a divorce, it's done and you're like, yay. And then you're like, actually, I still need to call him next week to, to find out what we're doing about this. Or I still need to email him or I still need to talk about Christmas, you know. And so as much as getting the divorce done is great, it's more about you need to, if you've got children with this person, you need to have a relationship with them for God knows how many years. So that is kind of the the biggest thing for me is the divorce was you know i felt very numb after it it was good to have it out of the way but you know then the, i think it was two months or a week after even you know i think we had a massive row about something and i was like oh but we're divorced like we're not supposed to be doing this shit anymore but you do and it's and I'm, i mean we have a good relationship now but that is probably what you need to work on you know realizing that you still need to have a relationship with this person. Um, yeah. What advice would you, I know this is not on the questions I'm thinking, but what advice would you give to a mum that actually wants to start dating again after they've gone through a divorce? Would you tell them to wait? Would you tell them to, you know, because um, I find I, I mean, a lot of men move on very quickly because I've got girlfriends that have had divorces and they would call me and say, oh my God, he's got a girlfriend already. Like we've only been divorced for, for three months or six months. Like, so what advice would you give to a woman that actually listens having someone there to watch Netflix with and you know what's that kind of companionship what, what advice would you give dating is god we could do a whole hour on dating <laughs> um I think I would I would avoid dating for a while but I understand why people do it and I did it straight well I waited six months um before I started dating and I think I, I understand a lot of men do get divorced or do move on very very quickly and the only thing that I would say is that those men they're you know that women are looking for most of the time women are looking for relationships and I don't know whether those kind of men will be able to give you what you want and I think it, you need to be able to heal from what's happened if it, if it's an amicable divorce and you and you know you don't feel like you need to do any healing, then fine, you know, go out. But I'd say um, if you're going to date, um, do it because I understand why you need to do it. But you, but it is a it's a it's a minefield. I have to say, it's a minefield out there. There was a really good book that I read um, called Attached. I don't know if we can recommend oh, I, books. I've got that book. Yes. Okay. I would recommend anyone who wants to start dating read that book. It is a, an amazing book. It talks about how um, it's about your attachment. So it's anxious, um, secure, and um, anxious, secure, and another one. I can't remember what it is. Um, but basically, most secure men, which is a man that you want to find, um, stay in relationships because they're secure and they are um, happy and they want the marriage to work, etc. 
So a lot of those men that are out there, I'm not saying all of them, but I would say 90% of them have attachment issues. And so when you go out, um, you, you will inevitably find those people that have attachment issues. And then, and then it creates, it creates the difficulty in, in that kind of dating scene. But, um, you know, go and do it. Talk to your friends. But if you have to, another thing that I read once, if you have to Google someone's behavior, then it's normally not the greatest behavior. You need to question that wow. as well. I've done that actually. I've Googled behaviors before. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> so, um, Ali, what have you learned about yourself during this process or during the divorce, raising four kids? I don't know, you, I don't know how you're doing it because my child's like 10 kids in one. Well, I think the more you have, the less you, um, not the less you care. That's right. <laughs> <But laughs> I don't mean that. I mean, I think the more you have, the, I mean, the, yeah, I, what, have, okay, what have I learned? Um, I've learned that, and I think what people can learn is how much you can do on your own and how much you can learn about yourself and really start to trust yourself again. Like I didn't trust my ability to do stuff. I didn't trust my opinion on stuff. <clears throat> so I think you can really learn that. Um, I think that you can change your mindset if you want to, um, which I think that people, I think that I've learned that um, being a single parent is actually really, refreshing and lovely and um as much as it bloody hard work you know not having to ask someone permission for stuff or not having to ask someone's you know being able to go and buy the sofa that i want to buy being able to um you know if we go on holiday i can leave when i want to leave um there's there's so many there's so many amazing things to being a single parent and there's so many things that i've that i've learned i've also learned that friendships are just like the love that I have for my friends and that kind of love like you, you know you kind of think I've always thought about love as just being between like a man and a woman or you know or in a relationship a man man and woman, woman but actually the love that I have for my friends is really really deep and you know um and same with my kids so um there's so many things I mean I could go on forever <laughs> Did you ever actually face any kind of um, stigma being divorced or being being a single parent? Because I find that oftentimes my friends would say to me, um, oh, I, I feel like people are judge me as soon as I say I, I'm divorced, like you're like damaged goods. And I'm like, that's it, you're not damaged goods. People get divorced every day. Someone's filing for divorce right now as we speak. So yeah. um, did you face any kind of stigma? Um. No, I mean, yeah, on that, on that subject, I think I was looking the other day, there's, there were like, in 2019, there were about 200,000 divorces that were registered, and that's pre-pandemic, and that's not separation, so there's a lot. I didn't really have time to think about it. Mm. I didn't really, um, so no, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I did, but I, I think that's, again, more about how you feel about yourself than anybody else you know if, if people really knew what it was like to be a single parent like how difficult it is then there wouldn't be any any stigma there and I think it, it's more about how you're feeling um 
but no, I, I, I refuse to be ashamed of it at all. Yeah. Um, where can people find you on social media? What is your blog if they want to speak with you because you're a magnificent transformational coach? Please let them know where they can find you. I have a website which is um, www.lifevine.co.uk. I am on um, Facebook, which is at the Life Vine, and I'm on Instagram, the underscore Life Vine. So it's Life and then Vine with a V. Um, yeah. I just want to say thank you so much for taking out the time and coming on the Happy Single Moms podcast. I know. After this conversation, you, you're going to be so busy with the four kids. We're going to be at school now, actually, isn't it? They're all at school, yeah. Oh, They're all at school. Awesome stuff, yeah. So thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your magnificent story and letting us know how strong you are and the fact that if you can go through it, everyone that's listening can. And you can become stronger and you can use your story to actually help bless other people. So thank you. If no one's ever said thank you for your service, Khalifa from the Happy Single Moms podcast is thanking you. <laughs> Thank you.